Good afternoon. You are listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and via podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Brought to you by our news team, Alexandra Fernandez, Chancellor Miracle, Chris Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Dinah Jensen, Erica Singh, Alex Theroux, Cindy Gibson, and me, Kareem Mosna. Let's begin with your local news rundown. 500 communities around the world held Fridays for Future Global Climate Strikes. Locally in Kingston, Environmental Group 350 Kingston, along with Queen's University students, hosted a rally at City Park. At the rally, there were speakers from the Kingston Youth Climate Council, Just Recovery Kingston, and professors from the School of Environmental Studies at Queen's University. The rally was also the launch of 350 Kingston's 50 by 2030 campaign, calling on Kingston City Council to reduce emissions by at least 50% by 2030 from 2005 levels. Undergraduate Queen's student Stephanie Sherman says, I would like them to make our climate leadership plan stronger. It's vague. The targets are not in line with the science. We've only committed to reducing 30% by 2030, which is not enough to prevent tipping points and to keep warming points below 1.5 degrees. I want the candidates to bring a stronger climate plan and to always vote with the environment in mind. 350 Kingston member Gavin Hutchinson says he hopes people see they have to do something. He says half of the city of Kingston's emissions come out of the tailpipes of people's cars and exhaust pipes of people's furnaces. They have 15 years to do it. They now have to get half of it done in eight years, but they do have to go home and create a plan. You can't be a climate activist for the last 10 years and wonder why it is taking so long for people to realize we're in a big deep hole. We've left it to the very last minute. Mayor Brian Patterson commented, We all understand the challenges in front of us. It's not just about talk, it's about action. I think as a city, we have demonstrated action, real work that's making a real difference. The more of that we can do, the better. Members of the Kingston Youth Climate Council were also present at the rally, encouraging youth to vote at the upcoming municipal election on October 24th. Youth Climate Council member Abigail O'Connor says, Local policies and urban planning can have a big impact. If we can vote with the climate in mind, that's a great step. People are already being affected by it. We need to start taking more action. Kingston City Council approved a plan to provide up to $50,000 from its affordable housing capital subsidy budget to examine the possibility of a community housing hub in the downtown area to be known as Providence Commons. The area is space that will be vacated by Providence Care's Providence Manor long-term care home once a new home is built at 1200 Princess Street as part of Providence Village. The existing home is owned by the Sisters of Providence of St. Vincent de Paul and includes a 243-bed long-term care care home, a commercial kitchen, a chapel, and the original Mother House of the Sisters. The owners want to ensure this block does not sit vacant. Since 2019, Providence Village Inc. have worked with consultants to determine if the creation of a community hub with a focus on providing affordable and market rental housing along with complementary community services would make sense. The Sisters funded this work. PVI's preliminary feasibility report suggests 230 individuals could be supported through 184 units of different sizes. Lori French, PVI president and chief executive officer, says, We discovered there was an appetite to repurpose the buildings and an early indication that this ambitious project should be pursued. The funding, which was approved by council, will be used by PVI to conduct needed study and applications to advance the project and enable PVI to ultimately access Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation pre-development funding. 
The ribbon was cut on Thursday at Confederation Basin for the Voltari E-Pump, the first marine electric vehicle charger in Canada and the fastest of its kind in North America. The E-Pump supercharger delivers a 160-kilowatt charge and can fully charge a full-day-use battery pack in 45 minutes for less than $20. Voltari plans to issue an integrated app which will allow boaters to check availability and reserve a slot at the charger ahead of time. Voltari CEO Cam Heap says no more lining up at the fuel pumps at the marina, no more fuel spills and oil leaks fouling the waterways, no more smoke and loud engines, just the sound of the water on the hull. You can have a normal conversation with the person next to you while running this boat. Voltari President Tim Marcuse says Kingston was a natural choice for the first Voltari e-pump. It's close to our production facility in Merrickville. We plan to be one of the pump's regular customers. Kingston's historic downtown waterfront is a beautiful place to bring customers for test drives. Mayor Brian Patterson says as a city, we're committed to demonstrating leadership on climate action. That's why we're excited to install Canada's very first EV boat charging station and to welcome the launch of the country's first commercially available electric boat. Voltari will also be offering residential and portable charging systems compatible with most marinas. The 14th annual Kingston Writers Fest returns with 40 in-person events this week. The author lineup includes Heather O'Neill, Jessamine Chan, and Sham Salvadori. Artistic Director Era McCauley says, The past few years have been a tangible reminder of what we've missed about in-person programming. We have an incredibly engaged audience that asks smart and thoughtful questions. They want to get below the surface and see how the authors tick. That was the inspiration for our 2022 festival, to celebrate that enthusiasm and curiosity. Events like Author Author, The Big Idea hosted by Carol Off, and The Book Lover's Lunch return, while the festival introduces a literary trivia night hosted by comedian and host of Canada Reads Ali Hassan and The Last Chapter Brunch with David Adams Richards. Events centered around mental health and addiction, environmental, political, and social activism, racial, cultural, gender, and sexual identity are part of this year's festival theme, Beneath the Surface. This year, the festival also announces the return of their immersive two- or four-day writing retreat. The retreat features 12 writers' studio masterclasses instructed by a curated faculty comprised of award-winning and renowned Canadian authors. The festival kicks off this Wednesday, September 28th, running until Sunday, October 2nd. Programming will be at the Holiday Inn from Wednesday through Saturday, and on Sunday, it will be at various locations throughout Kingston. Nominations are now open for the 2022 Celebrating Accessibility Awards. The City of Kingston, in partnership with the Municipal Accessibility Advisory Committee, created the awards in 2011 to recognize a person, business, or organization that has made or is currently making a significant contribution beyond requirements towards improving access for people with disabilities in Kingston. As part of the application process, applicants will be asked to identify the areas that their nominees' work best reflects, whether that be built environment, customer service, design of public spaces, education, employment, healthcare information, communication, and or transportation. Learn more about the awards and submit your nomination online at cityofkingston.ca. You can also submit a completed nomination form in person at City Hall. Forms must be submitted by 4 p.m. on Friday, October 21st. Award recipients will be celebrated at a ceremony on December 2nd. 
You are listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna, passing it over now to Cindy Gibson with your local artist to watch. I'm Cindy from the Indie Wake Up Call, and this week's band to watch has been a staple on the Kingston scene since 2012. If you are new to Kingston, I'll get you up to speed on Casador. Casador is a band that started right here on Queen's campus, and at the time they were known as the Will Hunter Band. Now, a lot of bands use this word a lot, but truly, this is a band in constant evolution, as some lineup changes and a constant openness to expand their sound means they keep their fans guessing on whatever is next. You're actually going to notice the newest addition is Jonas Lewis Anthony from The Wilderness, another Kingston band with a popular fan base. But I assure you, The Wilderness has not broken up. Jonas just likes to really perform a lot. Casador is a band that has toured extensively across the country, both in support of headliners and on their own. For their 2019 debut full-length album entitled Brood and Bloom, They recorded at the legendary bathhouse and worked with renowned producer Graham Walsh, as well as tragically hit members Rob Baker and Gord Sinclair. Singer Cameron Wyatt called in to the Indie Wake Up Call on CFRC to check in and talk about what we can expect from Casador this fall. We spent pretty much the two years just writing a whole bunch of different variety of songs, working with some different producers, and just deciding what we wanted to kind of now start sounding like. After we've, I guess, already gone in prior years through all those singers, like with Nick and and even me sometimes, and just a bunch of different drummers. But um, I think, yeah, we, we spent the last little while kind of honing in on maybe a more refined, streamlined sound and image that we kind of feel represents us better. Now, if you missed Casador's live set this past week, and I'm sure you'll be able to catch them again soon as we await the imminent release of their new album. This album is going to feature some production work from Brett Emmons from The Glorious Sons. I'm Cindy, and this has been your local artist to watch. I'll be back next week with another artist.
That was Casador, Brood and Bloom, this week's local artist to watch. Thank you very much, Cindy, for that. Now it's our Campus Corner with Zayden. Hello and welcome to Campus Corner. I'm Zayden Vergara. September 30th marks Canada's second annual day for Truth and Reconciliation. The Queen's University community plans to honor the day with several commemorative events, learning opportunities, and cultural activities on campus. When asked about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, Principal and Vice-Chancellor Patrick Dean said that it is a very important day to reflect on our country and institutions past and to take steps to realize a very different future. To learn about all the upcoming National Day for Truth and Reconciliation activities, events, and resources, visit the Office of Indigenous Initiatives website at queensu.ca slash indigenous. Last Friday, September 23rd, several hundred of Queen's University community members gathered to join the ongoing protests over the death of Masha Amini, a 22-year-old woman who died in custody in Iran after being arrested by the country's morality police for allegedly wearing her hijab improperly. Queen's University stands with the victims of sexual harassment in Iran, supporting the end of all forms of persecution and violence against women. Queen's University is launching a review of its sexual violence policy and is seeking community input. The review is focused on formal reporting processes and procedure and is expected to be completed before the start of the 2023-24 academic year. As part of the review process, students, staff, faculty, and community members are invited to provide written input and comment on the policy and its procedures. For more information and to provide input, go to queensu.ca slash provost and search under committees and reports. Union Gallery welcomes Canadian-Moroccan artist Ria Bassey for a solo exhibition called Of Longing and Songbirds. The exhibition offers a space for refuge through its immersive large-scale sculptural installation and the sound recordings. The exhibition will run October 4th to December 10th at the Union Gallery. Located on the first floor of Stauffer Library, artist Rehab Essay is also running an introductory slow-stitching workshop on Saturday, October 1st from 12 to 2 p.m. To sign up, go to uniongallery.queensu.ca slash programs. Now over to Dinah Jansen with an interview all about what's buzzing on campus. Hello, everyone. On September 9th, Queen's University announced a new two-year pilot project on West Campus that provides local honey on campus and that helps to improve the urban environment through pollination. In this segment, we are joined by Teresa Kudo, Registered Dietitian and Sustainability Manager for Hospitality Services here at Queen's University to chat about this initiative. Thanks for joining us today, Teresa. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay, Teresa, tell us about this beekeeping initiative and, and how it got started and maybe what the overall goals are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the project was originally proposed about two years ago by Queen's Hospitality Services, and it was brought to the uh, Housing and Ancillary Services Sustainability Working Group. And so that group includes students at large, different student associations, as well as um, staff from across different units in on campus, and where we discuss different sustainability initiatives. And so, you know, the benefits of a project like this are inarguable, you know, between sustainable food production, um, you know, repopulating an endangered insect and contributing to plant and animal diversity. Um, so we're really happy to have been able to, to partner with uh, the registered commercial beekeeper, Don Forster. 
All right. So let's hear a little bit more about the logistics of actually installing an apiary. I understand there are like 250,000 uh, bees in this apiary too, which is a huge amount. And it's situated right near Richardson Stadium. Tell us about the logistics. Yeah, so a lot of different campus groups were consulted in this process. So of, of course, uh, environmental health and safety, insurance and risk management, facilities, uh, as well as, of course, the beekeeper. And so, you know, once we consulted mm -hmm. with all of those groups, ultimately it was endorsed by the Campus Master Planning Advisory Committee. Um, and then we chose our location mm -hmm. being West Campus. And then we put some fencing around the area in order to just protect the hives um, from any tampering as well as, you know, just to ensure that we were mitigating any risk. Um, and, uh, and then we just put some signage up to demonstrate the benefits of an apiary. Um, and then we were good to uh, arrive, uh, or sorry, we were good for the bees to arrive at the end of April of this year. Amazing. And now, Teresa, how can people learn more about the project and its progress over the next couple of years? So you can follow di uh, dining.queensu.ca slash bees is the website um, for more information, as well as we post on our social media at Queen's Food. Um, but the webpage mm -hmm. is probably your best bet to get um, pictures as well as updates of where uh, you can purchase honey. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Teresa. And now back to Chris and Chancellor with more in local news. Thank you very much. My name is Chance and this is your community update. Winterize your perennial garden in a pollinator friendly way. Attend a free workshop. Are you interested in increasing the pollinators in your perennial garden? Join experts from Rito 1000 Islands Master Gardeners and Utilities Kingston for a free pollinator workshop. Workshop participants will be entered into a prize draw for a gift basket containing gardening tools, local honey, and organic gardening supplies. The event takes place at 1 p.m. on Sunday, October 2nd in the Utilities Kingston Water Conservation Garden at 1211 John Counter Boulevard. This free two-hour workshop will focus on organic management practices for local gardens to protect and support pollinators during the fall and winter months. Some of the workshop highlights include master gardeners providing insight into winterizing your garden and creating pollinator-friendly landscapes during the fall. Experts will discuss gardening techniques and what to grow, and each master gardener will provide time for questions and answers. Utilities Kingston will showcase the fall perennials in the water conservation garden and promote active strategies to rewild residential lawns with a free guided garden tour. Participants will provide a pollinator insect hotel to provide refuge from the cold winter months, as well as a place to populate in springtime. The recycled materials will be provided by Utilities Kingston. Build a residence for important garden bugs and insects and learn how to maintain and establish the insect hotel. RSVP by Friday, September 30th. Registration is free. The event is suitable for adults. The families are welcome. To register, email conservation at utilitieskingston.com with the following information. Contact name, number of participants, and names of each needed for the prize draw. Best way to contact you in the event of a weather cancellation. Accessibility requirements, if any. Please register by Friday, September 30th in the event of rain. Participants will be contacted regarding cancellations. For the prize draw rules, the purchase of any product or service is not required to participate in the raffle. Each name received at registration will be entered into the prize draw. You must be at the workshop to claim the prize. 
The prize draw is not open to employees of Utilities Kingston or the City of Kingston. The prize is drawn at random. Entries are limited to one person. There is one prize available valued at approximately $150. The winner is contacted directly and on-site at the workshop. The prize must be claimed in person at Utilities Kingston 85 Lappins Lane in Kingston, Ontario. Personal information is collected under the terms of our privacy policy, and all prizes won are provided on a as-is basis. May not be exactly as shown and are used to the owner's own risks. For more information, please contact customer service by calling 613-546-0000 Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or visit www.utilitieskingston.com. This is brought to you by the City of Kingston. Joe's Mill, the music instrument lending library, has announced its Playathon fundraiser for this month. Support Joe's Mill by gathering sponsors and playing an instrument through the month of October. Establish regular playing habits while supporting our efforts to increase access to musical instruments for everyone in the greater Kingston area. Step 1. Set your goal. Set a goal to play regularly throughout October. Playing every day will improve your skills greatly. Playing at roughly the same time every day will make it easier to establish and maintain a practice routine. Step 2. Ask for sponsors. These can be anyone and everyone. Aunt in Guelph, brother in Seoul, friend next door. Let your sponsors know what your goal is so that they know roughly how much money they'll be obliged to give you at the end of the playathon. Get playing. Step 3. Record your playing time on your playing log. Time you spend in rehearsal with musical groups can count towards your goal. Step 4. Add it up. At the end of October, tally your playing time. Collect the pledges from your sponsors. And step 5. Submit. By November 10th at midnight, you or your guardian can submit the money you've collected through the donation page. Be sure to note that your donation is for the Playathon, as well as email pictures of your playing log and sponsor sheets to playathon at joesmill.org. Go to joesmill.org slash playathon to find answers to any and all questions you may have. Joe's Mill will also contact prize winners in mid-November for the Playathon. And now over to Alex with the sports. Hello everyone, I'm Alex LaRue and I'm coming to you from Cedar for C's sports desk. We've had an exciting weekend of sports with 18 different league games being played over the span of two days with the Gales having won 13 of those 18 games. With that being said, the most notable performances from the Gales from this weekend are as follows. Uh, we had a 17-2 win over the Guelph Griffins and a 22-3 win over the Brock Badgers by the women's lacrosse team. Uh, as well as a 5-0 win for the Queen's women's soccer team over the Laurentine Voyagers, as well as a 5-1 win over the Nipissing Lakers. We also had a 62-11 win for our one and only Queen's Gales football team against the Guelph Griffins. Another big win to add to this list is the Gales men's rugby team, who beat the Western Mustangs with a score of 26-0. To follow that up, we had an 11-2 win for the men's lacrosse team over the Nipissing Lakers, and by far the best performance of them all was the 96-3 win from the Queens women's rugby team who defeated the McMaster Marauders, or should I say they absolutely pummeled them. That's all for me. Um, now off to Dinah, who will be covering the weather for today. And welcome to the CFRC Weather Report. I'm Dida Jansen. Tonight, we are expecting cloudy skies with a 60% chance of showers and a risk of thunderstorm early this evening with wind southwest at 30, gusting to 50, and a low of 12. On Tuesday, September 27th, we're expecting cloudy skies with a 70% chance of showers, a risk of thunderstorm in the afternoon with wind southwest at 30, becoming light in the morning, and a high of 17. 
Tomorrow night, we'll have cloudy skies with 60% chance of showers and a low of 9. And on Wednesday, September 28th, we're looking at cloudy skies with a high of 13, clearing in the evening with a low plus 4. And that's it for weather today. Now over to Alexandra Fernandez with the City of Kingston Traffic Report. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here I am with this week's traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. Alfred Street from Pine to Adelaide will be closed from Tuesday, September 27th at 7 a.m. to October 3rd at 7 p.m. Garrett Street from Division to University will be closed until October 16th. King Street from Place de Arms to the Tragically Hip Way will be closed Tuesday, September 27th to Wednesday, September 28th at 2 a.m. Lower Brewer's Swing Bridge will be closed until further notice. Stephen Street from Montreal to Patrick will be closed until October 31st. Stephen Street from Patrick to Cowdy will be closed also until October 31st. The Tragically Hip Way from King to Ontario will be closed on Friday, September 30th from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Toronto Street from Brock to Johnson will be closed from Monday, September 26th to Wednesday, September 28th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day. And Wright Crescent, the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace, will be closed until January 31st, 2023. Please remember that the following streets are closed from 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. on weekdays until June 29th. McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. Some general notes for you. Access to the library parking lot has been moved to the new entrance at Point St. Mark. Access to the Pittsburgh library parking lot will be maintained at all times and the cycling and pedestrian signals have been activated to assist cyclists and pedestrians in crossing the road at Gore Road and Highway 15 intersection and this is in relation to the third crossing road work. You can expect a lane closure on Brock Street from Toronto to McDonnell from September 26th to Wednesday, September 28th from 7am to 7pm each day. Front Road from Sandy Bay Lane to Country Club Drive, you can expect traffic delays because there is only a single lane in each direction until the end of 2022. Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect delays there as well. Jackson Mills Road near the KNP Trail will be reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements. Johnson Street from Barry to Clergy, you can expect a lane closure until October 3rd. Johnson Street at McDonnell, you can also expect a lane closure from Monday, September 26th to Wednesday, September 28th from 7am to 7pm each day. And Sandy Hill Road, city limits to 5 kilometers west of city limit, you can expect delays until November 16th. That's your weekly traffic report brought to you by CFRC as well as the City of Kingston. And now we're going to throw it over to Dinah with our events calendar. Welcome to the CFRC events calendar for Monday, September 26th through Sunday, October 2nd, brought to you by queensevents.ca. Coming up on Friday, September 30th, Canadian folk singer-songwriter Baja Bulat will be at the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts for this public concert. Tickets are available now at the Isabel Box Office online at queensu.ca slash theisabel with discounts for faculty, staff, and students. Also on October 1st, tickets are available for Navrati Garba, an Indian folk dance celebration with a live orchestra at Portsmouth Olympic Harbour. Find a link for more information at queensevents.ca. Also happening this Friday is the home opener game for the Kingston Frontenac's 50th anniversary season. The puck drops at 7 but arrive early to enter fan contests along the concourse at Leon Centre. 
The Gales are back in action this weekend with a field hockey game on Friday night at Tyndall Field across from Goods Hall starting at 7 o'clock, followed by our next football game on Saturday, October 1st at 3 p.m. It's the Queen's Gales versus York University Lions. All Gales games are open to the public and you can tune in to the football game live with CFRC Gales football host Jesse Bell right here on 101.9 FM. Wear gold, red, and blue and cheer on the Queen's men's lacrosse team as well on Sunday, October 2nd at 2 p.m. as they take on the Nipissing Lakers at Tyndall Field. And if you love to read or write, don't miss Kingston Writers Fest running from Wednesday, September 28th through Sunday, October 2nd. There are more than 30 events over five days, including a conversation on Saturday night with Carol Off and a panel of authors who are looking into the weaponization of words and what it means for society. You can find out all the information about Writers Fest at kingstonwritersfest.ca. Are you a trans, non-binary, genderqueer, two-spirited, genderfluid, or any other non-cisgendered person who wants a safer space to swim and also meet other students and folks from the wider trans community? Join Solidarity Swims at the Ark Pool bi-weekly, Fridays and Sundays. You can even bring a cisgender friend or loved one. Learn more at queensu.ca slash yellowhouse. To register for these and all other upcoming events at Queen's and downtown Kingston, look up queensevents.ca or follow at Queen's Events on Instagram. Finally, mark your calendars for October 1st as Stone City Brewing Company launches a new beer called Tune In to commemorate CFRC's 100th birthday this Saturday night. Join us for tasty food and a DJ dance party October 1st at Stone City starting at 7 o'clock. See you there. And that's a wrap for this edition of Today in YGK. Subscribe to the Today in YGK podcast on Spotify and iTunes today. Thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM, and we'll be back on Wednesday on The Scoop for more in community news. See you then. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.